I just vetoed it and said, you know, this is my film. It's my fourth year film. I would like to graduate and do the things that I want to do. I'm so sorry. Welcome to Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Klein, coming to you from the unceded territory of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, otherwise known as beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a newbie filmmaker whose work will screen opening night in the brought-to-life animation block of Cinevic's 2022 Short Circuit Pacific Rim Film Festival. Fresh out of Emily Carr University of Art and Design, this animator's first short film, Macaroni Soup, is a sweet tale that anyone who's ever struggled with a language barrier will relate to. Macaroni Soup won Emily Carr Alumni Association's Community Engagement Award, so I'm thrilled that Elena Y is with me today to chat about how she created such a deliciously animated mixture of love, language, and soup. Welcome to Push In, Elena. Hello, hello, Joyce. Glad to be here. Scene one. What drew you to animation in the first place? Um, it's kind of a hard question, but honestly, it was something to do with being on YouTube a lot as a kid. I watched a lot of animations growing up that way, and they're usually like short animations made by independent filmmakers. And it was that way that kind of drew me into animation, more than cartoons on TV, honestly. What do you think is the least appreciated aspect of making an animation? I think if there's one part of animation that goes under love, I would say it's the cleaning up parts, the coloring, and the backgrounds. And also, oh, there's so many things now. There's also the sound as well. The sound design is so important to animation without it. Or if you make if you do a really good job of it, it really adds like fifty percent more awesomeness to your film in a way. And also the cleanup and the background work, those things, they seem like they're quite simple to do. They're not the whole star of the animation, but without them, your film just looks very bare bones. Unless you're doing a monochrome film or something. But those I think sound, background, color, those things need more love to them. What's been sort of the toughest aspect of animation for you? Honestly, all of it is really quite difficult. I think the biggest thing that people have conceptions of about animation is having to draw the things over and over again. And I agree that kind of is tedious, but at the same time, it's also quite relaxing to draw something over and over and not think about the actual technicality of it. But then again, if you get too into drawing the same thing over and over, you also kind of lose the shape of things and you kind of lose track of stuff in general. So. I guess keeping a focused mind is quite difficult. And your favorite aspect of animating? What do you like to do the most? Oh, I think it would definitely be the kind of cutesy scenes. So the things I did in Macaroni Soup were like these little cartoonish kind of aspects to it. The smears, the squishiness, those kind of aspects. I like to definitely show some more. Scene two. How did you come up with the idea to use the struggle to order food in a foreign language as a metaphor for communication in general? Uh, it's definitely a personal experience because I have had a lot of troubles ordering food and just talking with waitresses and service staff in Cantonese. Even now I do because like, I got a haircut the other day and I didn't know which thank you to say to the lady after she gave me a haircut. It's stuff like that that definitely translates to the stuff that I wanted to show in animation. There's a different a different uh, thank you from haircuts to food? There there totally is. There's 
there's Whoa. two kinds of thank yous. There's a doje and there's also mgai. And both of them, they can be used, they're used in different contexts. And usually when I ask people, hey, what's the difference between the two? They can't answer me either. It's, it's usually like more like a, on intuition, you kind of say it. And I don't have the intuition. How did you finance the film? Well, it was in the middle of the pandemic and the government was giving that kind of uh, the student something, something plan where they give us money. So we put it back into the economy. So I took that money and put it back into other students and other people helping so they could spend more money. It all works out that way, I suppose. Where did you find your collaborators? I would say about a big majority of them were my friends, actually. My voice actors were all my friends who spoke Cantonese. And my composer is my friend that I met through the internet. And my collaborators in terms of people who helped me as assistants, they were almost entirely Emily Carr students that I wanted to kind of mentor and help them so they could help me back. Aside from hand, you know, actual training and access to some facilities, uh, did the art school experience kind of um, help you in any other ways, uh, ideological or, or uh, encouragement or whatever, or, or, or hinder you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that people get out of art school in retrospect is actually the connections that you make to other people and to your professors. And I would say that definitely helped me too, because now I have a bunch of friends who are like a support group and I can talk to them get, to get feedback as well. And definitely for my professors, they gave me a lot of feedback for my film, even though I didn't take some of it. But still, it was the connections, I think, was a big part of it, aside from also the technical stuff that helped me to make the film. What were the things you didn't listen to? <laughs> uh, there was, I had a few uh, storyboard uh, ideas and some some little tips that my professor gave me. I, I won't mention their name, but I just vetoed it and said, you know, this is my film. It's my fourth year film. I would like to graduate and do the things that I want to do. I'm so sorry, but I just wanted to do it like this. Is there a part of the film that feels especially personal to you? Any particular part? I think we were mentioning it earlier, how I was talking about the different kinds of thank yous in Cantonese. There was, I also translated that kind of, uh, that, that struggle into a joke part in the film as well. And I thought that was really relatable. So I was like... And, and everyone else who watched the film and was Cantonese, they understood the joke as well because it's so difficult to distinguish between the two thank yous. That part was definitely personal. And another part that I felt was just really close to my heart was just being able to render the food that I ate as a little kid and just make it look really nice and keep it like and honor it in my film also was a really good part. So what were some of those favorite foods? Oh, okay. Definitely milk tea. Uh, so it's the Hong Kong style milk tea, the kind that kind of makes you stay up until 3am. <laughs> <laughs> there was also, I'm pretty sure I had a pineapple bun in there, which opposed to the name, it doesn't actually have pineapple in it. It's just a top that looks kind of pineapple-ish. And of course, the name of the film, Macaroni Soup, is also one of the foods in the film. And it's a very traditional kind of breakfast item. But the funny thing is, I would say I'm okay with macaroni soup, but my friends around me like it way more than I do. Scene three. You grew up in the Vancouver area, didn't you? Could you tell me, tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I guess in a way, I wanted to have a kind of nostalgic feeling to the settings in my film. So even though it's a Hong Kong cafe, there are quite a lot of them in Vancouver. So the inside interior could be in Hong Kong or could be in Vancouver, but 
the thing is that it just still serves Hong Kong style food. And that's the real nostalgic bit is the food. Did food play a big role in your own family? Food was the easiest way to get into the culture and just to go back to your roots in that way. But I also just enjoy cooking and looking at food in general, looking at really tasty food on the internet, making tasty food, going out to get some tasty food. So all of that pretty much encompassed my film and gave me a passion to do it because I like food so much. Okay, last question. In the interest of providing advice for BC and Hong Kong filmmakers, what are some must-try Cantonese restaurants in Vancouver and in Hong Kong? Oh my God. Well, it's been a long time since I've been to Hong Kong, but I just got to say Tagalog is just, it's just fast food, but it's also good. But for Vancouver, I think, honestly, I would just nominate the entirety of Richmond to go for <laughs> Hong Kong cafe food. Like, uh, uh, Lido is pretty good for sure. Um, there's a lot. Just try them all out because, like, taste is subjective. I would say just spend your whole life eating there. Well, thanks, Elena. I hear you're coming to Short Circuit, so I'll see you in person at your yes. screening. Yes. Thank you so much for having me here, Joyce. Thank you so much. Tail Slate. If you want to watch Macaroni Soup, Cinevic's 10th Annual Short Circuit Pacific Rim Film Festival is rolling. With 50 short films from Canada, the U.S., Singapore, New Zealand, Taiwan, Australia, and more in a full week of screenings and events, either in person at Victoria's Vic Theatre, May 1st to 7th, or online from May 8th to 31st. We've posted a link in the show notes if you want to buy tickets. And that's a wrap. Join me, your host, Joyce Klein, for the next episode of Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. 